0: Why don't you turn around to someone this room saying, you are looking good, you're looking good. Remember this is a very honest church, you're looking good. Now why don't you say to them, you're smelling good, you're smelling good. That's better. Take a seat. Good morning, good morning, it's great to wake up late in the morning, isn't it? Yeah, but there's no better place to be than in church, amen. You may be seated this morning. It's good to be here. (coughs) We're, We're starting the sermon now, dear, you have to sit down, we're starting right now, is that all right, okay, you're good, all right. I like living on the edge. Amen. Well, this morning is our miracle offering morning. And our theme for the last few years is building for generations. Question for you this morning. How would you like to be remembered when you've left this life? How would you like to be remembered? It's a good question to consider. What will future generations say about you or about us as a church when we're gone what would you hope would be the first few words they would utter would it be like oh he didn't stop talking about himself (laughs) or "Ah, she was always interested in what i had to say he made great pancakes she's always happy what what do you want Future generations to say about you and about us. I came across this book and it's called Not Quite What I Was Planning, Six Word Memoirs for Writers, Famous and Obscure. So this author put together six words from different people so when they left this life, people would they would hope would remember them in this term. So, here are some six-word phrases. Maybe you would like to have one of these to be remembered by. The first one is this. One tooth, one cavity, life's cruel. There's good old one tooth there. What about this one? Tombstone won't say had health insurance. Okay. Saviour complex makes for many disappointments. Not a good Christian, but trying. Listen to this one. Cursed with cancer, blessed with friends. The interesting thing is, is this was written not by an elderly person or someone who had lived a long life, But a nine-year-old boy who had thyroid cancer, cursed with cancer, blessed with friends. This is my favourite, the psychic said, I'd be richer. (laughs) They would have been richer if they hadn't gone to the psychic, I think. Then I found this other author who, who kind of like piggybacked off this and he asked the question, what would biblical characters say six-word phrases about their life. So, this is what Abraham, he thought, would say, left Ur, er, had baby, still laughing. Jonah, no, storm, overboard, whale, regurgitated, yes. <laughs> so, if you say, no Lord, then there's trouble, yes Lord. Moses, burning bush, stone tablets, Charlton Heston. <laughs> Adam, eyes open but can't find home. Tossed out. Eve, snake said, no problem, he lied. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, king was hot, furnace was not. <laughs> Noah, hated the rain, loved the rainbow. I like that one Esau remember Esau okay Esau said at least the stew was good (laughs) Peter walked on water for a short time doubting Thomas doubt it saw holes now believe Paul the Apostle bright light oh no following Jesus what would Jesus say Always love you, here for you. You see, we have an opportunity in this life to leave an impression for those that come after us. So I thought, what would I like to leave as words for my children, my children's children, my children's 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 children, children? And that would be he had faith to believe Jesus. He had faith to believe Jesus. I think it's an interesting thing to take the time to think what am I really doing now, not just for myself, but for future generations, so that they can look back and they can say, Thank you. But not only thank you, but to leave as an example of what they are to do. Six words we leave for future generations. Now, we're talking about building for generations. You know, as a church, we just celebrated 30 years, and in that 30-year journey, we're so blessed because people who have been part of our church sowed for future generations for us, and now we are taking that blessing with us. But we can't stop here now. We must continue. And what does the Bible say about future generations and what we are to leave for them what impact we are to have on those coming generations that are before us paul in fact he reflects about generational faith a faith that goes on and on and on if we want to leave an example i would want to leave an example of faith that he had faith to believe jesus to what god has called us to we have faith to believe Jesus, that we just don't sit passively in our Christian faith, but we push forward to go beyond where we are and keep on building. Because God's kingdom is a continual, advancing, building, generational church from this time to the next. So having your Bibles with you, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 to 5. And we set the standard of faith, pushing beyond where we are. And Paul is writing to Timothy, who is a pastor in Ephesus. And he writes this. He says, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. So Paul is reflecting about his ancestors, how they served God. And he continues, Night and day I constantly remember you in my prayer. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted. What an incredible thing. He's making a connection here of almost like that spiritual father, spiritual son. And there were tears. And then he says, I will be filled with joy when we are together again. Not knowing when that would be, either in this life or the life to come. And then he says this, I remember your genuine faith for for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and I know that same faith continues strong in you. Amen. If we are building for generations, the very thing that we can pass on to that next generation is that of faith because people are looking for people with genuine real faith you see what paul says here to timothy is absolutely unique and inspirational he says i remember your genuine faith genuine faith what is genuine faith genuine faith is this if you see it on the screen very clearly it says that faith that is undisguised it's sincere it's without hypocrisy. It's unalloyed. It's pure. In other words, it's been tested in fire and it's been found to have nothing wanting in it. So in other words, when you see Timothy as he lived his life, as he prayed for people, as he gave to people, as he he set out and spoke the word of God, he had genuine faith. I would hope that I would be seen as a person who has genuine faith undisguised because sometimes people try to disguise their faith try to hide and maybe not let it be all that it should be that is an incredible testimony from the apostle paul your genuine faith see timothy was the real deal we know historically about timothy that he actually suffered from uh stomach problems and Paul actually says to him what to do in a form of medication it was around that day. So Timothy was not the perfect man. He wasn't the, you know, the, the bright shining light that everyone would go, Oh, wow, look at him. He's amazing. He was a real person who had real challenges. But in his real faith, he walked out his faith and he held on to Christ regardless what he was doing what was happening in his life regardless of what people were saying about him because often we're misunderstood as Christians wouldn't you say from time to time as we live out our faith and we walk in a different way that other people walk where we don't step back and hide but we shine and we make ourselves vulnerable can I ask you the question did Jesus ever make himself vulnerable of course he did and that's the beauty and the love of Christ that we have within us. And so when those things happen, we're reflecting Christ in his pureness. Timothy was the real deal. Timothy was the one who had genuine faith. That would be a great tagline. I remember your genuine faith, Eloysius or whoever. I remember your genuine faith. Often we can see when people have genuine faith, their focus is not on self. It's on others. It's on the cause and the kingdom of God. Of course, we have to look after ourselves. But in essence, there's this incredible balance of we're caring for one another. How do they know that we are Christians? By our love for one another. It's genuine. It's real. It's inclusive, it's expansive. You know, when I think about those men and women who have inspired me because of their genuine faith, I am encouraged to step forward in my faith. I think of a, a lady just about well, I, don't, I don't even know if she would be over five foot, Billy Kennedy, incredible woman of God, who lived her life not on a stage as a pastor as a preacher but as a woman of god and actually was a pastor and is a pastor who walked humbly before her god who prayed for her family who loved and gave that's an inspiration of genuine faith that's the type of people we're to be i I remember pastor david Cartledge when he began and challenged our whole movement to build a college for the nations to come and for our nations. And he did it where no one said they could. Incredible man of God. I think of a dear friend, mentor, and respected pastor, Pastor John Lewis. I looked to him and he became incredibly unwell. And he's just not long gone. But I'd look at him and I think, that's the type of faith. I want to have that's genuine, that stands in the face of sickness, challenges being misunderstood, genuine faith. So the question for us regarding the generations ahead ahead of us, what do we need to do? What do we need to do individually and corporately? what we can do is input into their lives and inspire them to continue in the faith. We're believing in prayer. We're giving of our time, our resources, sharing our faith. The interesting thing about generations that come after us is this, they will only do what we do. If we don't have an expression of faith, then faith will be this Ethereal thing that becomes an intellectual thing that they have to try and pull apart instead of this deep conviction that is seen by action and power. From time to time, we need to make sure that we are in the faith. Am I living by faith? Am I speaking by faith? Am I thinking by faith? Am I sharing my faith? 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 says this, Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. You examine yourself. Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. Genuine faith, real faith. The need for examination and the testing of our faith. Have you tested your faith recently? Have you done something that has pushed you over the edge? Have you walked on water recently, figuratively? Have you gone where you sh- you haven't been before, where you are challenged in your heart, or are you just resting in your faith? Have you tested your faith recently? Have you shared your faith with someone you know that's going to be maybe not too happy? I invited someone to church recently and I said, Hey, would you like to come to church? It'd, it'd be a great time. Oh, no, no, Sunday, I'll, you know, Sunday's, you know, Sunday's Sunday. Sunday. You know, it's Sunday. I said, Yeah, I know. It's, Sunday's the day for church. Oh, no, you know, like I work all week and, you know, I've got to do things and others, oh, but it's Sunday. I'm testing my faith. I'm testing and I'm trusting because I know that one day, someday, someone will come on Sunday. Unless we invite, invite they will never come. Unless we step out and walk on water, believing that someone would respond. My goodness, I hope you're here, not just for me, but because you love one another. I mean, if you're here for me, I really appreciate that too, but don't get me wrong. But the thing is, is it's because of the faith of Christ and our love for one another that permeates our heart and, and joins us together. So Paul sees this incredible faith, genuine faith. But it goes on. It's a faith that is shared and a faith that fills this is what the scripture says for you share the faith that was first filled your grandmother lois faith that had started in her life and this faith filled her life her life was changed by the power of christ we don't know her testimony we know that uh, uh, lois and eunice they were jews They believed. We don't know how it happened, but it happened. And that faith filled her life. Her life changed forever under the power of Christ. My life changed forever. She shared her faith. And I'm sure every time she shared her faith, her faith was filled once more. Because faith is a substance. And, and, And we believe in faith and we speak in faith and we think in faith but as we give faith faith then is reciprocated and comes back to us we are to build upon our faith faith is not like anything else that exists in the world things in this world that we use deplete i remember that i had this great pizza once and it was fantastic. You know, it had more cheese than than dough. And it had, you know, meat and olives. And oh, it was just fantastic. But once it's been used, it's gone. It doesn't instantly replenish. It doesn't instantly become a pizza again. Because the things of this world, they disappear once they've been used. But faith is not of this world. Faith is a spiritual thing. Um, expression that continually goes and grows so as you use your faith and build on your faith your faith fills you just as you're sitting there this morning if you start to believe faith will come to believe and you will start to be inspired to go out and do faith is not a worldly substance it doesn't deplete faith increases our life and for this wonderful jima good old lois her faith was never lost because faith has the power to regenerate in the life of others imagine that that when we share our faith we are sharing the very essence of life and giving it to others that create life thirdly it is a faith that was passed down And your mother, Eunice. Faith has passed down. No doubt, from Lois to Eunice, and then from Eunice to Timothy. Spiritual parenting and spiritual grandparenting. The scripture tells us this simply, regarding our children, that we are to speak to them regarding faith. Regarding faith and the scripture, Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says this, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That's the only way that faith can come, through the word of Christ. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 6 and 7 says this, and you must commit yourself wholeheartedly to these commandments that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Talk to them. And here's 2 Timothy verse 3, verse 14 to 15. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have been convinced of, because you know those from what you have learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. We pass down what we've received. I like what it says in Deuteronomy. Repeat them again and again to your children. Now you listen to me, Alex and Jackie. Give your life to the Lord. You're going to go to hell. That's how some parents talk to their kids. They don't talk to them, they lecture them. They, they get the word of God and they, they're trying to ram it down their throat. Your children are intelligent. Look what it says. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Talk to them. We would sit down from time to time and we'd say, what do you think about Moses when he ran away from Pharaoh? Well, it must have been a bad situation for Pharaoh to, to chase him. Yes, well, what do you think about Noah? How do you think they got all those animals into the ark? Well, they said, well, I don't know. What do you think? Well, did they have to be adult animals? Could they have been baby animals? Oh, that's an interesting thing. Never thought of that about. What about Peter Walker? Do you think that actually happened? I think it actually happened. You talk to them. You talk about the stories in the Bible. And you allow them to discover and unfold. You don't lecture them. They're intelligent. They're smart. I know they're smarter than me. You talk to them. Number four. Faith that continues. And this is Paul. He says, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. It continues strong in you. How does it continue? It only continues if we pass it on. This is how we pass on faith to one another. Believing by faith. What have you believed for recently? What have you believed to change? What what are we pressing ourselves to go beyond what we have? Secondly, after believing by faith, speaking by faith, we have to align our faith with the things that we say. You know, when God, when He created the Word, The world and everything in it. What did he do? He spoke the word of faith. Let there be. Are you speaking the word of faith? According to the word of God. Are you speaking? Are you believing it? Are you demonstrating faith? How can we demonstrate faith? And are we passing on faith? That's how we continue in the faith. So this morning. I encourage you, let us set the example for the generations that are beyond us. Think beyond you for a moment. Think about your friends, their children, your children, your grandchildren. Think about the generations ahead of us. What can we do to set them up? You see, every year, just once a year, we come to this time of miracle offering because we wanted to establish and have a stronghold in this area. Because I know that God has called Pavia and I to plant and establish a church in this area. Over 30 years ago, more than 30 years ago, God told us to do it. And then faithfully, for many years, we took up a miracle offering, believing that one day, That God would open the door at the right time to establish a building here. And he did it. He did it after 23 years. He did it. And we did it together. And we have sown. And what do we have to do now for generations ahead? We have to get rid of the debt that we have. Because the debt's a reality. I would hope that the time for when my time has come for me to step down, that there would be no debt, and the next generations would be empowered to take this church on the next step. And that's why we continue to take up a miracle offering. And just like we have for those last 27 years, we encourage everyone to sow a week's salary into the miracle offering. And this miracle offering will go to get rid of the debt of our church. And so we can take the next step of faith that God requires us to take. And we can only do it together. I can't do it. And you can't do it individually. But corporately, we can do it. And we can set up for generations ahead. On your chair, there is a a form that's like that, building for generations. And I encourage you, if you've never taken the step of faith and you need to press on and push on, Take that step of faith and say, "Yes, Lord, you know even this week before we even you know have said we're going to officially take it off, people have already sown in for building for generations, which is fantastic, and we're on the way but i as I was praying and thinking about Lord, what do you really you know want me to talk about and and this really unfold about generations, but there was this other scripture that came to me, and that was He who has begun a good work, he will complete it. And we've begun a good work with him, so let's complete it, because he's faithful. Amen? So would you stand with me this morning? Not a long message, just a short message about generations. Step out in faith. You can make that pledge and you can can do it over a period of uh, six months or per weekly We're doing it per-weekly for the next uh, six weeks, is it five weeks? That's our pledge as pastors individually because we're sowing. And you can give several ways there, they're on the card. And down the back we have a little white container with this on the front of it. So if you fill out your pledge, you can put in the pledge there and uh, however that takes place, that takes place. But I want us to pray and believe together that, that this will be something that we set up for generations to come and they will look back and they will say, praise God for the people that have gone before us because they took the step of faith and tested their faith one more time. Amen. Amen. Close your eyes. Father God I thank you for the privilege that you have given us the ability to sow Lord not just for us and to enjoy the things that we do but for generations to come we're building for generations that come after us that would hear the word of God untainted Lord undisguised sincere and pure and I pray God That as we do this, Lord, that those generations will just say, thank you. Thank you. Lord, I pray your blessing upon all those here this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So if you could put that offering in the the back there, that little white container, that'd be great. Take the time. Maybe you would like to give beyond. That's great. But test your faith, stretch your faith. That's how we're going to increase our faith. Because as soon as we do that, I know, we stretch and we have greater faith. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.